Everybody got a dream. Listen to me. Everybody has a dream, but not everybody got to grind. You are where you are because of how you think. And if you were to change your thinking, you would change your world. What's going on, world? Welcome to the Secret to Success podcast. It's your host, CJ, as always, with the hip-hop preacher, E.T., uh, Eric Thomas, Dr. Thomas. What's going on, my brother? What's going on, C? Man, I can't call it, man. Uh, Somebody got to call it. Hey, if I had your socks, I wouldn't wear shoes, brother. No, that's right. No, that's <laughs> Old right. Old school cat hit me with that. I was like, man, I ain't got nothing else for you, though. <laughs> nothing else for you on that one. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, um, yeah, we're glad to be back, man. Episode four, man. We're trying to keep these things coming, man. Just Episode like I said, four. The, the feedback is incredible. You guys been, you know, really on it. You know, I hear you listening to it at the gym. You, you, you're driving. You know, I heard some bros say they was doing dishes and some laundry. Not dishes yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, just with the with the with the earphones. Dishes? Man. Yeah, getting it in, man. So um, they following your example, man. They're getting the housework done. <laughs> no so, doubt. Um, no, no doubt. very grateful that you guys are tuning in. Keep telling your friends about it. Keep putting your family on it. Uh, we're gonna keep this thing growing on a weekly basis for you guys. And like I said, you guys been phenomenal. So, um, man, I'm I'm trying to think of where I wanted to start today. And when I was going through my notes, you know, just about the weekend and, you know, the things that were going on. The first thing I knew I had to talk about, you know, because it was kind of a microcosm of the things we've been talking about is I wanted to go back to that unforced errors, right? Ah. We talked about success and we talked about unforced errors. And for the people who listened to the podcast last week, um, they probably know that you were actually at the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. And I'm sitting there and I'm, of course, I'm watching it on TV. Um, he doesn't never let me go anywhere, so I kinda, you know what I'm saying. I could, I, he got tickets for himself. It's levels to this. Some kind it's of way I didn't get any tickets, so uh, I was stuck to watch the game on TV with the normal folks. And um, but he was actually live and in person. And if you guys saw the game, it was a crazy game. And there's a few things either I wanted to touch on, you know, and kind of just wrap up from the things we've been talking about. And and the first one was, you know, the winners win. And we yeah. talked about it. We talked yeah. about how. There's no way in the world the Lions could pull that win off that the Steelers pulled, Uh, right? It just would not happen for them because of the culture, right? And then the other thing we talked about was the unforced errors, right? And these are two key pieces to success when you talk about creating a winning culture and you talk about, you know, minimizing the unforced errors. And so you look at Pittsburgh, they have the winning culture and they were able to win, but it was Cincinnati and their unforced errors that actually gave that game away. And let me just set the stage before I let E talk about it. For those of you, because I know everybody who listens to this is not a you know American football fan, whatever. But what happened essentially was Pittsburgh um, had the ball with only a minute and some change left. Roethlisberger's hurt, so he can't even throw the ball very far. So things are looking very bleak for the Steelers, right? It's looking like they're going to lose the game. And they get a couple passes, completions, or whatever. But one of the guys on Cincinnati illegally hits the Pittsburgh guy, Antonio Brown. He hits him illegally, helmet to helmet, whatever it was, um, hit above the head, and they give Pittsburgh a free 15 yards. Another guy on Cincinnati's team is so outraged by the call that he reacts in a way that he shouldn't have reacted, and they give him another 15 yards and push him right in the field goal. So you're talking about 30 yards at the end of the game that they just gave the Steelers. The Steelers kick a field goal and win. And you look at Cincinnati and go, wow, there's the difference between a winning culture and a losing culture. One team stuck with it. They just kept battling. They put their head down. They went after it. And the other team had those unforced errors. They should be moving on to the second round of the playoffs, getting ready to play to go to a Super Bowl. And instead, they're sitting at home because of unforced errors. And E, I just thought it was so crazy that we talked about that winning culture. We talked about the unforced errors. And bam, you know, the first game that I watched of the weekend, right. exactly all the things that we talked about, right. um, you know, kind of to a combination so you were on the field of course you were in you know with the Steelers Um, just talk about what you saw and talk about you know kind of how that relates to what we've been talking about but you know here's the crazy thing so you that you watch that game and yep field goal then the next day you watch a game and again I know people are sensitive you know we're not talking about anybody's team specifically but then the Vikings have you know a little chip a 29 yard to win and go to the next level you know and they end up losing you know, to Seattle, you know, and I'm like, weren't they just in the Super Bowl like two years in a row? You know, so it, it's just unbelievable to see that what we keep saying, winners win. 
Winners win, man. Winners win, bro. And winners win. And winners find a way to win. You know, and unfortunately, when you are part of a losing culture, losers find a way, you know, to, to give it up, to give the game up, to throw it away. You know, so you're absolutely right. And I think what was what was um, unbelievable, you know, being in Cincinnati, being at the game, what really blew my mind was the fact that, you know, here it is. Pittsburgh has a backup quarterback. You know, uh, he throws an interception game over. Next thing you know, Cincinnati fumbles and Big Ben comes back in the game. I, I think later on, it, it's um, if I'm not mistaken, I read something where it said he had a torn ligament, you know, so I'm thinking. Well, yeah, I think it was something. No, I don't think it was torn, but he definitely had a stress um, injury on his shoulder, but he, he was hurting for sure. But I, I know it wasn't torn because they say he probably going to play this weekend. So I'm unbelievable, it wasn't torn, but he definitely I mean, th- he left the game, right? He, he was out in the locker room and came back on the field and still didn't play. And then that very last series, he, he had to, like, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He had yeah, to. So you get course. a guy in who's won a Super Bowl. He's being coached the whole time you see him and coach talking. He's being coached Tomlin who won a Super Bowl. You know, these guys are one together and they go out and say, hey, let's make it happen. You know, and so I, they're, they're, they're believing that they can make this thing work. And so what it shows me is that, man, when you believe that you are a champion, you know, when you believe that it's never say die, when you believe that you can win. I mean, he does. I mean, he does everything he's supposed to do. And even though you're absolutely right, there are those who are saying E.T., but Cincinnati gave him the game. You're right, but he, he had to throw the pass that caused, you understand what I'm saying? See, the illegal hit. He had to throw that pass. If he didn't get that pass thrown uh, uh, to Antonio Brown, if he didn't pass the ball to him, it would have just been down, you know, by downs. That's it. It's like possession over with by downs. But he threw the ball in such a way that they had to defend it that allowed them to get the penalty, which allowed them to get upset, which allowed Pat, man, I'm just saying, look at the string of events. It's like when you're a winner, things just happen for you. You know, the ball is tipped the right way. You know, um, um, the wind is blowing in the direction it's supposed to blow in. You know, the pass goes where the pass is supposed to go. You know, I'm looking at Alabama. You know, the, 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 the last touchdown, he gets stopped on to the, to the left. I mean, he stopped, see? He stopped. He barely turns to his right, and you're talking about inches, inches, inches. inches. Like, that, you could have easily said that wasn't a touchdown. It was so close, you know. And so, boom, scores in Alabama, 16 championships. They find a way to winners yeah, find a way man. to win. So, four so out of the, seven years. Unbelievable. Right, four out of seven. So, so here's the thing, though, that's spooky, see? People probably thinking I'm watching the game and I'm jumping up and down. You know, I'm excited because I'm with Pittsburgh. You know, see, I'm going to be honest with you, man. A, a part of me, man, a part of me, my, my heart sunk for the underdogs. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, I was thinking like, how many good people are losing? Losers lose. How many good people are losing? See, how many good people are coming up short? How many people are losing in life? Because they've been on the, 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 the side of losing for so long. They, you know, they've been on the, 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 the negative side for so long that it appears that it's just that pattern, that cycle. So I'm looking at the game like, wow, it's, it's man, we, t- we have to teach. And I know that's what we're going to do this year at our conferences. You know, we're going to give some, some, some tools on how to overcome losing and, and create a winning culture. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. See, I'm thinking my father dropped out. My grandfather dropped out. I dropped out. And had I not been very intentional and deliberate, see, it just didn't happen, man. There was some there was some deliberate and intentional things that I had to do to put my son in a different position. And I'm looking see he called me today. He met with his advisor this morning and they gave him his summer classes. And so he's going to do summer. And then that next semester, see, he's done. Like at the end of this semester, he's got 90 credits, right? 90 credits. See, now he's only 30 out. After the semester, he's only 30 out. See you know how long it took me to get 90 credits. Oh, state? man. See, but 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 to <laughs> his yeah, but to but to his, you know, credit, he had me, you, 
He right. had people who had been there, done right. that. And we see. talked about that before, creating the winning culture. Absolutely. Because we went there, and I'll be honest, you know, I went through a lot of struggles being, you know, the first one in my family to go to college. I had no idea what I was doing. It was probably not until my second semester, sophomore year, that I even kind of figured out what was going on. But you talked about it. Once I figured it out, we were then able to go and pass that information along to Jalen, yeah. who had yeah. been able to sail so smooth through the process you know, because he's had that information that we didn't have and he got the information from the right people. Right. And so that's one of the things we talk about with the winning culture. And I said this on the Breathe You the other call and I'll repeat the story. But he and I, when we had went to Australia, um, th th of course, you know, this uh, was our third tour and the first two tours were crazy. I mean, like, we, you know, we had a great time, everything. But when we got back, you're talking about a 16 hour time oh, difference. Man. I'm talking about jet, jet lag. lag, like the, especially the second time. I don't know what happened, but I was like going to sleep during the day and I wake up at like midnight and it was like killing me. My wife was frustrated because she like, what's going on? You sleep all day. And I'm like, boo, I'm trying to get back on this schedule, but I promise you my body just would not do it. And I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't figure it out. And I remember I had asked a few people, you know, how do I beat this jet lag? And they were like, you know, well, you want to make sure you stretch a lot. And then somebody else told me, just go to sleep as long as you can. And then when you get back, you'll be good. And I got all these strategies that I tried the first and second time to beat the jet lag and it didn't work. Right. And so the last time e, we were getting on the plane, and you didn't even know I was about to do it. But spontaneously, E and I are sitting there and I asked the stewardess, I said, can she come? I said, can you come over here when you get a second? E was like, what you doing? And I was like, look, I figure why not ask somebody who's an expert, somebody who does it on a regular basis, somebody who's been there, done that. And I asked her, I said, you know, we got a matter of fact, because we had Jamal's wedding e, and Jamal had asked me, you know, of course, he was officiating the wedding. He was the pastor for the wedding and I was hosting the uh, reception. And so both of us needed to be fresh because yeah, it was like to. the day we got back. So <laughs> yeah, we couldn't afford to be, be jet lag, you know, at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, you know, at night and just be in there, you know, about to fall out. And so we asked the lady, I said, um, how do we beat the jet lag? And she was like, well, have you ever tried? Is this your first time flying? I said, no, this is, you know, my third trip overseas going this far. And she said, well, the good thing is, you know, I'll let you know, I do this all the time and I actually live in the States. And so when I get back, I can't afford to be jet lag for a week. So there's some very practical strategies that I use to defeat the jet lag. So she said, the very first thing I'm going to need you to do is both of you guys, I'm going to bring you a bottle of water on the hour every hour. Yeah. And I need you to drink yeah. as much water yeah. as possible. I remember that, and I promise you, E, how many times do we get up and use the bathroom? Oh, like man, 20. See. I'm talking about uh, like, she was like, you need to drink as much water as possible. And she I said, wanted no. to post up next to the bathroom right. see how you For so real. I, I know people on the plane was looking at us like, yo, what are they doing in there? Like, it, it looked fishy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even want to, you know, I hate to say it, but it was looking fishy. And she told us like, I'm going to keep bringing you this water. She said, the second thing I need you to do is the mistake most people make is they try to watch movies and, and go to sleep on the first part of the flight and then they wake up and they're up until they get to LA. She said, what I want you to do is she was like, I want you to stay up is, or yeah, she was like, I want you to go to sleep now, take a nap for a couple of hours, and then get up halfway through. And she was like, you know, stretch your body, stretch your legs, and then only go to sleep on the last couple hours, right? She was like, you don't want to sleep too long. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then she said at the end, E, remember, she said about 30 minutes before we land, I'm gonna bring you all this tea. I want you to drink this tea. And she says it's gonna be hard because you're gonna be so hydrated, you're not gonna want to drink it, but I need you to drink this tea and you'll be fine. And E, I promise you, everything bro, I we love. Not, did we not have everything I love? Oh, uh, we I, I, I never felt a piece of jet lag. I felt better getting off the plane than I felt getting on the plane, guys. Everything and why am I, I telling love. you this story? I'm telling you this story because I finally got the information from the right people. Right. And so there's those of you in your business right now, you know, in, in your, you know, your marriage, you're getting the information from the wrong people. What we're talking about with Jalen and creating a winning culture was that we were able to give him the right information. We were able to tell him what classes to take, which classes to avoid, how you were going to be strong in this area, how to navigate the campus, how to set your class schedule. It's a big campus, how to set your class schedule properly so you can make it to all your classes on time and give yourself enough breathing room here and have a lunch break here and a downtime here and not so many classes on Fridays. We were able to give him those you know, those practical principles that he could use and then turn into a tool for his success. And in turn, we created a whole culture now of winning where Jalen is now going to graduate in four years, Absolutely. a manager on the team and has had an amazing experience at Michigan State. So for those of you out there, your business is failing and you asking the wrong people, 
right? Your marriage is going through it, and you ask, you're talking to somebody who not married, or divorced. you're talking to somebody who got divorced, <laughs> right? And they don't know the practical strategies that you can utilize. When I have marriage questions, guess who I go to? I go to E. Why he's been married 25 years, right? Me and my wife are coming up on seven years. He's got to 25. They must be doing something right, and so therefore I get my information from that person. And for real, to create a winning culture, we'll kind of move on from what we talked about last week. But in order to create that winning culture, you got to get the right information. Absolutely. See, the right information, man. I was just at a detention uh, youth center and a young man asked me like, yo, for real, what did you do to become successful? And I'm telling you, see, I told him it's the people. I changed environments. And, you know, one lady was like, what do you do? These kids, they can't just go move to Miami. They can't move to Atlanta. They just can't move. I said, ma'am, you're not hearing what I'm telling you. I wasn't no millionaire when I made my uh, changes. I wasn't a millionaire. So you acting like, I, you know, like I went and moved to Dubai and, and, uh, and changed my life. Like I moved to uh, San Diego and, right, and, right. and bought a mansion, you know, and, 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 you know, spent all day in Beverly Hills, you know, commuted to Beverly Hills. I'm like, ma'am, that, that's what when I say change environments, what I'm trying to tell you is in one environment is both good and bad. In mm-hmm. every neighborhood, there's good and bad. I don't care what school system you go to. There's some kids in that school system that went to the best local college or went to Yale or went to Princeton or went to Harvard or went to Duke or went to, you know what I'm saying, Michigan State, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, there, there are individuals in every community change your environment. You don't have to move to change your environment. You just need to hang with different people, you know. So, man, once once I got my GED and was able to, you know, get out of Detroit, went to a, a, a Oakwood University, man, I started hanging with a different group of people. And here's the here's what's crazy: when you get new information, information changes situations. So, when I got that new information, see, I went to the next level. Now, let me give you an example, man. Les Brown called me yesterday. See, like. Let's be real. See, how many guys are in a profession and they have the person that was the guru, the number one person in that particular arena, you know, for them how, calling them. See, I didn't say I call Les Brown. I said Les Brown call me like, yo, E.T., we need to. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, what information do you have for me? Whatever. And he's helped me change the game. Bob Pry. These guys have helped me to change the game. And one of the things I want to bring out, see, I'm watching. Uh, well, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't get to I, I, I watch the replay. I didn't get to watch the actual game. See, my wife. Can you believe it? See, we didn't even have this discussion. See, I didn't even tell you. I didn't even watch the national title. See, on Monday, I had to catch the plays on SportsCenter because my wife wanted to do a movie, a Red Box. See, oh, even, a Red Box, a Red Box. It's wow. a movie called A True Story. See, yeah, I was hurt. Years, yeah, hurt. Yeah, you said it, 25 years. Yeah, and I'm like, while, while I love, my, you know, the uh, Road Tide and Clemson, you know, I love watching a good game, man. You know, and from what I see, it was a great game. Great game. You know, but, but you know, wifey wanted to watch the movie. This was crazy. We what, were, was uh, it a football movie? At least uh, y'all watch Remember the Titans. Oh, you know see. I hope y'all didn't have to watch The Notebook. I hope oh, you at least man. got Some, to watch The Longest Yard. Something called A True Story, man. Called Ooh. A True Story, see. True here's, story. here's what's... Here's what's crazy about it. She was watching a movie on a flight and didn't get to watch the whole movie. She only mm. caught like half of it. So she was like, yo, I saw a movie yeah, that I want to watch. I'm yeah. dying laughing, see, because she telling me about this movie she wants me to go get. She don't even know the name of it, right? So right. she had to try to give me, I'm like, okay, give me some clues, okay? What was it about? Wow. I, I, I Googled it. I found it. Went up to um, so y'all had the crib playing charades, trying to oh man, trying to find a movie seat. But it was one of those things where she put me in a trick bag because she was like, "This is all I want. I didn't get to watch the movie, and I, if I could just finish the movie, it should be." You know what I'm saying? She right. put, she did oh, that on me. Trick. See, she put that on me. So I'm like, "Okay, I gotta make this is happen." So I end up man going and find it. Of course, you know it's a red box, and um, I'm watching a movie. See, I'm watch. First of all. 
I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I had to go to like several red boxes to even get it. So I'm yeah, driving. You know our around. listeners about to clown you for still using Redbox. They got this thing called streaming where you just pop your TV on and search for the title and download it right there. And how much is that? Box. See, I, how oh, much man. that cost? Because I just went with Redbox. I think it's it was about nine. It's about eight Redboxes a month. So you would have saved yourself. Oh, uh, see, you should have told dollars. man. You know, you should have told me because you know I don't even do movies. So that's well, what I threw know. Me you off. still got the VHS tapes over oh, there. Oh man, see, I, I wanted to. I wanted to let you master the DVD level before I oh, took you in the stream. See, <laughs> see, I could have watch the first you know half. What I'm they got Netflix now. It's yeah, something I I'll put you on later. Hey, I could have watched the first half of the movie. Oh, you sure I, I or, the, or the game. So man, I, I, so what happened is we watched that man. Then the next day, I, you know, I caught a little of the replay, man. And what blew my mind was, man, the onside kick, you mm-hmm. know, and man, information changes situations. And a lot of people out here see thinking that there's something deep between good and great. See, there's mm-hmm. something deep, bro. Like there's some you know, information that they have that, you know, is, is only for a small group of people. You know, it's a, it's a secret, you know, it's in a book or it's at, you know, in some vault somewhere. See, I'm telling you, see, it's a, it's, it's, it's minute. It's something small. And here it is. I, they going Clemson, Bama going back and forth, back and forth. Everybody's scoring. Every superstar is showing up. They show they say that, you know, big players make big time plays in big moments. And that's exactly what they were doing. But from a coaching standpoint, it's the little small information. It was an onside yeah, kick. It was something he saw in film that, that he knew they were susceptible to that. He man, and, and that changed the course. That was yeah. the one little thing that gave him the yeah, advantage. I mean, that, yeah, that won him the game for sure. Oh man, so I'm, I'm I'm with you. See, when you say you know this whole concept about you know uh, being around the right people, getting the right information, and that's what I realized. Winners have that they that that little that that je ne sais quoi. They they got that thing. See that that it factor. They know a little bit more, not a lot. A little bit more. They they move a little bit, bit differently. They think a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's just it, and it's not a big difference. It's that little difference that makes the biggest difference in the world. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. And like you said, the the fact that he saw something on film. You know, what unbelievable. I mean? It might have been that extra hour of film study where he said, "Ooh, you know what? If they line up like this and we kick this onside kick." get the ball back, and he didn't know, and the crazy part is he didn't know if he was going to have to use it or not. You know, he didn't know if he was going to end up needing it, Absolutely. but it was just that little extra work, and, Absolutely. I, I, and I agree with you a thousand percent. That is, for real, think about how many times that little extra effort has made the difference for us, right? And I tell people all the time, like, we, we started off with some real small wins to change the culture, yeah. right? We started off with some real small wins, uh, uh, them paying us out of the vending machine, you know, going to high schools, traveling, doing these small engagements. But we started with the small wins and we were able to create a momentum that sustained us, E. And that's one of the things that, for real, if people could understand, the reason that you're not blowing up is because you don't have any momentum, right? And the losing culture, like, y- there is no momentum. Why? Because you're not focused on the right things. If you could just be a little better than than you were yesterday. If you could just get a little bit more information, if you could just put a little bit more content out, you know, that could change everything for you. It's not always those big things that have to happen. I told you, the Steve Harvey show, why it was a big deal for the brand and it was a good look for us, it wasn't a huge step in terms of where we were. Right, we were already knocking on that door, so it was just another step. And the inches, man, sometimes can separate you. Uh, Inches can mean, yeah, everything. And the inches are all around us. You know what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. See, this is what this is what I I really need our listeners that's trying to like get out of that losing culture and get into a winning culture. I really need them to value the, the 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 small wins. Right. So most people don't know that the when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe it let's just say it was an accident or let's just say see it wasn't meant for the general population Mm -hmm. like it wasn't meant for the world it was legitimately meant for that group of students that we were talking to at at an event that we do weekly and we do for free those were that that, those was the wins so doing a program every listen to me we weren't even getting paid for it it wasn't even in the scope of our job responsibilities. It was just something that we decided to do. So every week we're being faithful over this program. Every week 
We, we're going to this program. We, 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 we are doing skits. We're uh, uh, doing videos. We're speaking. Like everything we do now in the world that people look at us and say, man, you guys are gurus. We were doing for free for a group of 18 year olds. Now, it might have been a, a couple 19, 20 year olds, but it was for freshmen. So you're talking about 18 year olds, right? Uh, and it was only about 30 uh, in, in, in attendance that day. But we're doing it every single week, every single week. So, so Ken just happens to come, need some B-roll. Listen to me, see B-roll? Mm -hmm. He didn't even come to necessarily film the entire show. He just came to get B-roll, put a mic on me, put a camera, action, boom. And see, we both know that that, that video was, I don't know where it was for, for years. We hadn't even done anything with it. And so finally, Chris said something about it. We put it up on YouTube for our students and our students only. And before you know it, see, at one point, the thing goes viral. So listen to me. I, I want to say this to you guys. Small wins. So I'm talking to one of the advantage students the other day. Um, uh, he says to me, E, you know, what are you doing, bro? I said, I'm getting ready, you know, again, for the advantage. This is 2015, see, 2015. If I'm, I mean, 16. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been the 12th, right? January 12th. I'm getting ready. And he said, E, you still doing the advantage? E, you was just on the Steve Harvey show, E. E, you was just with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you still, you, the advantage? You still doing that? And I said, yo, that's bread and butter. It was that small win, those small wins that got us where we are today. So why in the world would I stop doing what got us there? Like I do the big things when the big things presented themselves, when they present themselves. But I do the small things every day. See, I don't stop doing the small things because well, yeah, of the big things. That's the part most people don't want to deal with because that's not glamorous. You know what I mean? Like we're we not willing to endure that. That's not the glamorous part, right? That the glamorous part is being on Steve Harvey, you know, getting thousands and thousands of views, traveling the world. I think that's the part where most people get hung up is nobody wants to do the grunt work. Nobody wants to go through, you know, the, the getting five views on your videos or doing an event and you got, you know, six people show up, four of them, your family members. Nobody wants to go through that, but they all want to get to that level. And that's the crazy thing about it. Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. And look at look at what's come from that. Look at what's come from those small wins. Like we've had so much momentum over the years, right? Like we at no point did I ever feel like we were losing. Now, we might not have been making money, you know, but I never felt like we were going backwards. It was always another step, right? It was oh, if any if one more person called, asked about the video, if one more person emailed or, you know, we saw a couple more views, we knew we were headed in the right direction, right? We knew we were planting the seeds and eventually we'd reap the harvest. And so, no, you're absolutely right. So I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And as it relates to the winning culture, E, you know, the other thing that I wanted to bring up um, that I think is so important, right? And, and this is, you know, on a more serious tip because um, I think you were the one who, you know, brought it to me uh, a long time ago, years ago. I was asking E about, man, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. You know, we're, we're doing well. I definitely see the momentum, but, you know, um, I'm not, sh I kind of had a, a, a tough time believing that we'd get all the way there. And you said something to me that stuck, and I'm sure the people have heard you say it, talk about it a few times, was you say, see, we deserve it, yeah. right? And I think some people, yeah. they don't think they deserve it. Yeah. And when I listen to you talk now, you've been on that lately, you know, even with the I, uh, UOU and, you know, some of the other videos that you've been on, you, you've been really talking about when you made that transformation to understanding that you deserved it. You deserved to fly first class. You deserved to have your wife drive a nice car. And not even, so if you could break that down, not even the, the monetary things or anything of that nature, but just you deserve to have it. Like, I think that's a mindset that blocks most people from getting to where they want to get. And it stops them from creating that winning culture because they're not even sure if they deserve it, E. Yeah, so see, like, you know, and, 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 and please, this isn't for everybody, but there is a group of people, you know, that, that legitimately, absolute truth that you deserve it. So, so here's my deal, see. I'm getting up and going to class every day, see? I'm getting up going to the tutor, see? I ain't robbing nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out here um, um, talking bad about people. You know, I'm out here motivating people. I'm out here doing free work. You know, the Advantage program, see? I, I just left a detention center. I, I guarantee you, see, it wasn't more than 13 young people in that room. I didn't charge a dime. 
you know, I, I, man, I, I gave those kids a, I, man, I put in an hour. I did question and answer. I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning every year. See, day after day after day, I'm, 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 I'm putting quotes up on, you know, Instagram, whatever. My, my point is you're getting up and you grinding. You deserve it. Like you, 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 you supposed to reap what you sow. Why put in all that work? Why, why be a good person? You know, in heart, you know, why, why do good things and do good deeds and pay it forward and look out for people and take care of your family, be there for your kids. Like why? Why do all of that and not reap the benefits of a person who putting in that type of work? So for me, see, that, that that's what I'm saying. Like, I deserve it. See, and I'm not saying the next man doesn't deserve it, but I deserve it. See. I deserve to stay, you know, in a, in a nice hotel every so I deserve to take a trip. You working nine to five every day. Don't you think you deserve to take a trip? Don't you de don't you think you deserve to drive a, um, a reliable vehicle? See, see, I got tired of getting on the road, not knowing if the car was going to make it. See, hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I've had those cars that when you start them up and you drive more than 50 miles, you don't really know if that car is going to make it or not. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm like, man, I deserve to have a, a decent car. See, I, re I remember putting gas in the car and not knowing we were going out of town if we were going to actually make it like we're hoping that you know this this 70 dollars is going to take us all the way from here to here see i'm like yo e you deserve to have enough gas money like see i remember going grocery shopping and not knowing if i, I know what i needed see but I didn't know if I, if I had the money to necessarily get all of my needs. You deserve to be able to go grocery shopping and not only take care of your needs, you deserve to be able to get some ice cream if you want to. You know, get some cookies if you want to. Like, you deserve it. See, so that, that's what I mean. I'm talking about people who putting in the work. I'm talking about people who putting in the grind. And I'm going to tell you something. See, I remember getting so frustrated with myself saying, Eric, now I'm, I'm not saying that I'm a saint by no means. But what I am saying was, I remember saying, E, you a good dude. Like, you're not stealing nobody's stuff. You're not, you finding people's wallet and sending it back with the money in the charge card in it. Like, you looking to find sure. out who it belongs to. You, somebody's car is, is um, the battery's dead, see, in the winter. I'm charging their car up. I'm helping people push their car out the snow. I'm like, yo, E, bruh, you're not a bad dude, man. You deserve if anybody you deserve, and I think that's why so many people are stuck because at the end of the day, you don't think you deserve. I asked a kid uh, at the youth detention. I said, bro, where you want to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now? He said, man, I want to live in Atlanta and I want to live in a gated community and I want a nice car. You know what he said that blew my mind? This kid is in a youth detention center. See, people mm -hmm. looking at this kid like a monster. You know what he said? See, the, the biggest thing he said, I want to have a family. I want a wife and kids. And I looked him in his face. Wow. I looked that kid in his face. He about to go before some judge. And, 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 and the next few years is going to be based on what happens in court. And I looked that little man in his face. And I said, do you think you deserve that? And he looked at me and said, paused. Um, um, yeah. I said, no, no, no. Do you really think you deserve that? Don't tell me, um, yeah. And he said, yes. And I said, let me ask you something. Do you think it's somebody who comes from your same neighborhood, who went to the same schools you went to, the same type of schools you went to, grew up in the same environments that you grew up? Do you think it's somebody just like you who's 10 years older than you, 20 years older than you, who lives in Atlanta from your socioeconomic status, from your background? He says, yep, I know it is. And I said, well, if you know it is, then why not you? See, why not you? Why can't you get there? And he said, you know, right, you know what? E, you right. You, you right. You absolutely right. Man, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to make better choices. And one day I'm going to be in Atlanta. I said, and do me a favor. When you're ready to go, call me because I want to get on the plane and go with you when you go down. Wow. Call me when you go. I don't care if it's five years from now, 10 years from now. Call me. I'll, I'll, I'll sponsor your ride down. Call me and let's go together because I want to see it. And I, when, they, when they got in line and started walking out, I said to him, I said, do me a huge favor. I don't care if it take you five years or 10 years to get to Atlanta. Don't ever forget the fact that you deserve it. Because if you forget it, you're going to be in here for the rest of your life. 
But if you remember that you deserve it, you're going to get out of here and you're going to actually do it. And I said, I want to be in the car with you when you go in that gated community. You don't even have to take me to your house, but let me just see you push the buttons or, or see the security guard open it up for you. And I'll get out and walk back to where I got to go. So I'm telling you, if you listen to me today, you D, if you are a good person, if you out there grinding, you out there hustling, you deserve it. Don't let your baby see you doing all that work and coming up short because you know what's going to happen, see? They're not going to want to put in the work if mom and daddy putting in all that work and they still coming up short. Hmm. No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still tripping on little man. That's um, that's heavy, man. If you know, man, for those of you who ever been in the correctional system, man, you look at these kids and, you know, they're kids. I think that's the thing that blew me away. I, I had never been until he took me. And as you telling the story about little man, I'm like getting choked up just because I remember so many of the kids that were in our lives, you know, when we used to go to Maxi and, you know, make yeah. that drive and yeah. go talk to those kids. Yeah. And it, it, like I had never been like you might see stuff on TV and you might see stuff, you know, all around, um, you know, news or whatever. But when you go in there and you hear the, you know, the 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 buzzer ring and you yeah. see them coming out of their pods and you know all dressed in the same stuff yeah. and you see the despair Socks. on their faces, yeah. you know it, it's just man, it's crazy to see those kids in that light. And I remember feeling so bad, like yo, when this is over, I get to leave. Like we would leave there and mm -hmm. go get something to eat and then mm -hmm. drive back home. And I remember having those kids on my spirit so tough. And as you're talking about that story, I'm just like wow. But that's, I mean, you you told them the right thing, like you. You deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. And when we believe that, right? And so I always say to people, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the law of attraction, right? And people say, you say it and it comes true. Well, I want to challenge that because that's not the truth. You don't say it and it comes true. You don't believe it and so it happens. Or you don't say, okay, I deserve it and it happens. I always like to tell people, like, the power of positive thinking is so important because the positive thinking guides positive actions, which produces positive results, right? So it's not just the saying it, right? We can't stand in the mirror in the morning and say, yo, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to get my marriage back on track. You know, I'm, I'm going to the gym. You know, I'm reading more books. The, that in itself is not enough. But what happens and why that is important is because if we stand up and we, we, we're counted on and we look and we say those things every day, nine times out of 10, those are gonna guide our positive actions, right? So if I jump up every day and the first thing I'm out the bed and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, yo, you're gonna lose this weight. You're gonna get these pounds off. Nothing's gonna stop you today, let's go. Nine times out of 10, I'm gonna take that attitude and that, that momentum that I gained from saying that E and I'm gonna go to the gym. Right. And so that's the power of positive thinking. It guides those actions. It's not that you say it and somehow magically, boom, here it comes. Boom. Oh, wow. Look at me. I said that three days in a row and now I lost weight. But it's creating those positive actions, man, that allows us to get those results. And the same thing is true. I, you know, I'm big on the inverse If a, you know, if A plus B is, you know, C, then B plus A is C. And so I look at how people use those. Um, negative thoughts, right? So that's the power. That's the power of the negative thinking. You think, oh man, you know, I don't deserve this. You know, I'll probably never have this amount of money. It's not that you say it and that's gonna happen, but it's you say that and then your spirit, you know, allows you to sit around and do nothing. So if I say, man, I'm probably not gonna, you know, lose this weight. I've been trying for years. It's you know, it's too hard. Chances are you're gonna sit down on the couch, you know, and eat a bag of potato chips and watch a show. And so you're right, man. The power of positive thinking, the power of getting our mental and believing that we deserve to live the kind of life we want to live. And I think e, the important thing, you know, you talked about before is we're not talking about money, guys. This is not about money. And I think People get it confused to say, well, oh, are you trying to say happiness is driving a sweet car? You trying to say happiness is, you know, uh, taking trips. I got to take a trip to Maui to be happy. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that whatever your happiness is, whatever makes you happy, those things can come to fruition through the power of positive thinking, through, you know, affirmations, through believing in yourself, your relationship with God. All of those things are important to get what you believe in, to creating that winning culture and what he just talked about you know, you deserve it is one of the most critical factors. The other thing either I wanted to talk about as it, as it um, relates to the winning culture was like, what are you willing to endure? You know, yeah. because, yeah. right, it's easy for us to say, okay, I, I deserve it. Yep, man, you tell little man, yep, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then say he goes next week and sees the judge and the judge like, you're not ready yet. I'm giving you another year and a half. 
you know, and then we hit those roadblocks. And like once you hit those roadblocks, what do you do then? Like what happens when, you know, that feeling comes? And so what do you say to people who say, yo, e, I feel you, I'm hype, I hear you. And then boom, they run up against some huge obstacle and that halts the process right there. A lot of us get stuck right there and we start back from zero. Yeah, I just say apparently you didn't want it. You said it. See, everybody want to be a beast until it's time to do what real beasts do. And I'm, I'm not, man, for real, I'm not asking nobody to toot my horn. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm a grown man. I don't need nobody's affirmation. So I'm not saying what I'm about to say, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking for you to be like, oh, E.T., congratulations. But see, man, I'm working on my Ph.D. when my girl got, uh, uh, when we found she had seven legions on her brain and she was diagnosed with MS. See? You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Right, like, right. yo, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, um, you know, I'm not trying to, again, toot my own horn, but my faith in God was so strong that, bro, I didn't, I didn't bend. Like, I didn't have no bad day. You know, I didn't, I didn't get in no dumps. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, if anything, I got to grind harder than I've ever grind. Like, this ain't the time to buck backwards. This ain't the time to give up or give in. Like, this is the time. If my wife ever needed me to be strong, this is the time. If my, my son was going to college, see? My wife was diagnosed when my son was on his way to college. I let my man know, like, yo, go enjoy yourself. You are a doggone freshman in college. Like, you don't got to worry about us. My daughter, hey, we, it's me and you, and we going to have to help your mom out. Still got the PhD, see? We still wrote books. We still traveled the world, bro. We still did conferences. You know, I still was there for my son. I still was there for my daughter in school. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I did not let that situation break me. What it did was made me. And you, you know DD and I. So you know what I'm about to say is not, you know, uh, uh, fabricated or made up. Man, our marriage is way sweeter than it was. Way better than it was. I thought we was doing good before she got... A diagnosed like we on a whole nother level now she trapped we we took man we took sour lemons and made it into Arnold Palmer you know what I'm saying <laughs> not even the lemonade right. we Arnold Palmer that joint out she travels more with me now you know what I'm saying we start doing lunch every day together you, you know what I'm saying we like I said I got a movie bro we it man it's been on another level bro so I, I just say like for real for real maybe you thought you wanted it Maybe it sound good, it look good, but when you got bust in the mouth, when life punched you in the face and, and, and you fold it, you know what I'm saying? When, when, when my man was like, one, two, you on the canvas, you got knocked out by life. One, two, three, and you stayed on the ground, that's because you ain't really want it. You said in your mind, like, yo, I ain't ready to take another hit like that. I might as well go ahead and stay on the ground and get my purse, right? I might mm. as well get this money. But some of us, when we got knocked down, said, yo, bro, I promise you, you have to kill me first. You have to kill me first right. before I, I not make my dreams become a reality. You have to kill me before I just lay here and give up and give in. And so that was my thing, bro. I'm like, yo, this we got hit by it, but I promise you it will not define us. I promise you it will not break us. I promise you I'm going to get this degree. And, and I, man, I, man, I hope, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, because it was video. I'm not sure if Carl can rip the audio, but if he can rip that audio, see, I'd love for him to take a moment right now because you hear from me a lot, you know what I'm saying? But I would love for him to hear from my, my wife's mouth what she said. So if that's possible, if we could play that real quick right now. Yep, Carl, we got that queued up. Yes, sir. Give me one second. I got it. Okay. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Dee Dee. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Let's bring her from the bottom. Thank God it's Monday. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I did it. I witnessed him do it. I saw him. He did it. He did it single-handedly while his wife was sick. If he could do it, you can do it. <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for coming out. It means so much to me to see you guys here. I'm so proud of you, Eric. Um, Wow, I'm not going to cry. Don't worry. Um, uh, wow, when I got sick, I thought that was going to stop you, but it didn't. 
you kept going and I'm so proud of you because you kept me strong because just, just watching you keep going and not stop it made me say we can, we can get through this and we're going to do it. So I'm so thankful for you for being there for my kids. You, you keep your kids comfortable. They don't want for anything. And from 1995 on through, you, you've been there for us, you've done it for us, and I'm so appreciative. You started from nothing, and you made nothing out of everything. I don't even know Chuck was past a queen. He treats me better than a queen, so I'm just so grateful to God for him putting you in my life and just for taking care of me and my family, even with my mother. She's single, she got sick. You stepped right in when we had to take her to the hospital. You were there, you never complain. you never complain. I work 12 hours a week, my check probably looks like subways. <laughs> and it, you, you just make me seem so important. It's just like, Didi, everything is yours. So I'm just so grateful to God just for everything that you've done for us and everything that you will continue to do. All right, you guys heard it. And, and, I mean, wow. That, I mean, that's powerful. I mean, to, that, for those of you, for real, you, you heard what he said. Now, you hear him a lot. But those words came directly from his wife and, you know, just a testament to who he is as our leader and, um, you know, why so many of you, you know, look to him for your inspiration. It's not just him talking, you know, he, he's living these things. He's human just like you are, right? He goes through the same challenges um, as anybody else. And, you know, to hear that is it's amazing, man. So, um, man, thank you for that, E. Oh, man, uh, I thank Carl switch for over. capturing it. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's big, though. I'm saying it's the little things. See, my wife could have given that speech, and if they hadn't captured it, audio, mic, little stuff, the mic, right mic, having everything, so had, had that not captured it, we would have never been able to share it with the world, and it wouldn't have given you that extra perspective. So when we talk about winners win, like winners make sure the mic is there. Like, you think it's big. It's not big. Oh, winners make sure that the mic is there at the gala. Winners make sure that the batteries are, are fully charged, and if they're not, they got a second set to go with it. Winners make sure that they test the mic before Didi even get up and get it because she might get up and say something. Like, they make sure she mic'd up, even though she not the main speaker. Something, she might say something that might be... You hear what I'm saying? See, winners win, man, because not because of the big stuff, but because how they approach every, all the stuff. Yeah, no doubt, man. Winners win, and we definitely winning with the Ask ET segment. Uh, this is one of our, our most requested segments of the show. Um, highly popular now, this being our fourth time. People always want to know what's on E's mind, what's going on. And as always, this segment is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear. Redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET TO SUCCESS and get an extra 20% off at checkout. Available exclusively at etinspires.com. Go check it out. Uh, the first question comes to us from Sean from Columbus. He wants to know, with the lottery being so high, Will Mr. E.T. be buying a ticket? Mm. No, nah, bro. Nah. It's at like 1.5 billion. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I ne I, maybe 1.2 billion. I've never bought a lottery ticket a day in my life. I did. I was driving past the store, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did think about jumping out. At, what is it? A dollar, two dollars? I just, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be, I want to be in the number. You know what I'm saying? I just want to have a shot. But one point something billion, I said, okay, now that might be worth buying a ticket. But the question was asked to you. Uh, will you be buying a lottery ticket? I, I, I know the answer, real but I think see. it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to be real, man. Like, 100, see, you know, research shows. It's not E.T. Research, research shows see that Man, I don't know if it's 50 or 70 percent of the people that win all that money. Most of them lose it in a, in a matter of five to six years. See, they lose the money, and then the life, man, just they, it's I, one I, point I, something billion though this time. E, they, uh, were losing, they were losing 40 million. You know what, they, what I'm saying? I don't know. You at least 10 years to run through 1.3 billion. See, I, I need at I, least 10 good years. I, all I'm saying is research shows that when you earn it, you treat it differently than when mm. you when you win it. See. Hmm. And, the, and, the, and, the, and, and what we've discovered is that the life of most of the people that win that kind of money, they have a terrible life after it. There are people who get on drugs. There are people, man, who commit suicide. It just, the, the stories of the people who want it, the percentage of people who live happy lives after, see, is far and few in between. I just hmm. believe, see, that we're going to get to the billions, but we're going to earn it. And when you earn something, see, 
you you treat it differently. When you work yeah. for it, you value it differently. See? Oh man, who you telling? I promise you, man. Back in the day when my people used to buy me stuff, sneakers, gym shoes, stuff like that, and they used to be buying it. I used to be dogging them out. I'm on the hoop court with them. I promise you, the day I got on my own, I had to start buying my own stuff. Oh man, I had them joints washed, waxed, cleaned every <laughs> wax night. I got the on, toothbrush wax out. Off. I gotta make these suckers last. So no, you're right, man. You definitely treat stuff different when you have to work. For I mean, it do the homework. Work. See, because it's somebody like hey, E, man, come on, whatever. It's a bit. Look, do your homework. Like, research it. When somebody gives you something and you don't work for it, I had a friend call me the other day, you know, and they wanted to um, get some money for an investment for a business. And I'm just going to be real, see, at, you know, when you a homie, man, you want to look out for the homies. But see, come on, man. We, the reason why we grind so hard, nobody gave us nothing, see? Nobody gave us nothing, see? I'm, I'm saying even from a recognition standpoint, we've never gotten a plaque or a certificate or a trophy from some major organization. It just has, it hasn't happened. We, nobody wrote us a check for $50,000 to do what we're doing. Hey, we're going to sponsor that. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, thank, thank God it's Monday. We're going to sponsor that. This is the seventh year you've done it. You done put up over 400 videos. We got your back, E. We're going to send you $1,500 to keep going. We, nobody even sent us $1,500, see? But I think that's why we value this company so much because every single part of it, we, we built this thing brick by brick by brick, see? Nobody gave us nothing. And I think that's where the passion, E, where that passion come from? Uh, 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 building bricks by brick by brick, mm -hmm. building this thing from the ground up. So when we say started from the bottom, now we here. Like it's so authentic because it's real. Nobody gave us nothing. So I don't want your $40 billion. I don't want $100 billion. I don't want none of your lottery ticket. I want to earn everything I get, bruh. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, I, I guess you answered it for me because I was going to stop on my way home from getting Trey and try to grab me <laughs> one. But you know what I'm saying? Now you done convicted me, and I think I'll, I, I'll switch it up. Um, let's see. Jason uh, from uh, – where? what is this? Uh, Jason from somewhere in Texas wants to know, uh, what's the most embarrassing song on E.T.'s iPod? Hmm. The most embarrassing song on E.T. iPod. What do you mean by embarrassing? Uh, I would ask him if I had a follow-up. I think he means like something that people wouldn't expect from you or something. Probably Marvin Gaye, sexual healing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, hey, you know what's funny, though? I, I remember when E. first got his iPod and he would be working out and he didn't listen to nothing but Destiny's Child Survivor. Oh, that's like my, that was my song. Hour straight. He would oh, have his whole, play, like a whole back to, he'd just put it on repeat and just be running to Destiny Child Survivor for like hours. And I'm like, bro, what is you doing? I'm a survivor. So, that's, I love those lyrics. They got to listen to those lyrics, see? Yeah, no doubt, man. We got another question from a Jason who says, um, top five books. Jason from Twitter. Uh, Jason Muhammad said, what are your top five books, E.T.? So I, I would probably have to say Think and Grow Rich, uh, both editions, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, a black choice, Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, and the reason why I love Dennis Kimbrough's version of it is just because um, he highlights individuals, you know, who come from uh, my background, you know, people who have been through similar experiences as I have, you know, and been able to overcome. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon is a phenomenal read. Um, definitely, Who Moved My Cheese, phenomenal, small read, phenomenal read. Pilgrim's Progress is a book that changed the course of my life. And if I could just throw in two, uh, two extras, The Outlier, all, all, I'm on Ma Malcolm Gladwell, whatever, Outliers, you know, is a book right. that um, Outliers changed, you know, my life as well. And um, I've got to say, um, Ogmandino's um, The Greatest Salesman, you know, that ever lived. Th those are top seven, you know, hey, I don't know where he was going with it. You know, the Bible to me is the, you know, supreme uh, read, but you know, I, he may not have been going there, you know, but the ones I mentioned, if he was just talking about self-help uh, in business, those are the books that I would recommend. Good, Samantha in Grand Rapids. I know you said to eliminate distractions, E.T., but what if your family is the distraction? 
you know, I don't, I don't care what the distraction is, you can eliminate it. You know, it, it doesn't make a difference what it is. There are ways to uh, curve the time you spend with your family. Um, there's a way to, uh, you know, curve uh, the negativity that's coming from them. You know, and let, let me say this, this may seem odd to you guys, uh, but my wife has never, my, my wife has her own profession. You know, so I don't have a wife who is, you know, I'm the CEO of a company and she the COO. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work like that. You know, uh, my wife has her own profession. She's a registered nurse uh, and she works with, um, you know, breast and cervical cancer. And that's her thing. You know, so my wife does not want to hear five, six hours of me talking about my company. You know, and you'd be shocked. Everybody's thinking, oh, man, E.T. But just think about it. If you've seen me on the road, like, you've never really seen my wife standing next to me giving a presentation or speaking, right? So, so, so for me, somebody would be like, man, your wife negative, man. She, man, I can't believe she's not supporting you like that. She ne no, she's not negative, right? There are things that she wants to talk about, and we could talk about that. So what I, what I do is I defer. So I don't get mad at my wife because she don't want to talk about the business because she don't want to help me 90% of the time with the business. I take the 10, 15% that she gives me. So what, what do I do when I, when I need that positivity? I call C. She want to talk about the business all day. I call Carl. We talk about the business all day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I call uh, Lashana or Tay. We can talk about the business all day. So, so, so that's not a distraction for me because my wife don't want to talk about the company. So we'll, when, when I'm with my wife, We'll talk about our family because she could talk about our family forever. She could talk about our future forever. So it's not, I, I don't allow the fact that she doesn't want to talk about the company to be a distraction. So when I'm ready to do that, I talk to the staff members about it and they can't get, man, C can't get enough. Me and C could, uh, we could, man, go for hours building about this company. So even if it's family, yeah. there's still a way for you not to allow your family to be a distraction. Yeah, dope, man. And the last question uh, comes from Mark in Detroit. He says, CJ, hey, what's Tom? one thing? Yeah, from the D, from the D, man. Shout out to Mark. Uh, what's one thing people don't know about E? Um, man, let me think. What's one thing? E's so transparent, man. Uh, he pretty much tell you guys everything. Uh, is Carl there? Maybe Carl could help us. Oh, you know what? I, I take that back. One thing y'all y'all probably don't know. You might have heard us mention it. <laughs> Um, he tends to be a bit forgetful. Um, so I would say maybe the fact that for real, he will lose everything, but somehow always get it back. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. Like if you, you know, the dude who goes out to dinner and like leaves their card at the restaurant or drives away with his wallet on top of the car, or I mean, just misplaces anything. Like it could be a check, it could be, it does not matter. He would lose his head if it wasn't attached to his body. Um, that's one thing. And I think the other thing would be that he is the, the most generous and uh, cheap person you ever met <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. And it's crazy, I told you uh, maybe last week or the week before, that uh, about the $20,000 gift that, that he anonymously gave that I blew up on spot last week. But um, so 20,000 to, to, a, to a random person um, just out of the kindness of his heart or we'd be, you know, walking somewhere, he'd give somebody, you know, a kid just like, yo, E.T., I'm on my way to college. And we'll just stop at the ATM, give him $500. But I promise you, if you had the, uh, the drive through window and something come out to six dollars and two cents. He gonna spend about a half hour searching the car for them two pennies. I probably see you got two cents. Somebody got two cents. Come on, man. I ain't trying to break this dollar. Somebody get two cents. Ma, you got in the back seat. Anybody got two cents? I'm like, E, just go on, give it a seven dollars, bro, and get that ninety-eight cent back. So no, nah, I don't he, like uh, that heavy change in my pocket. See, yeah, no, that I, heavy change ain't good for the pocket. Yeah, so I would say he is the most generous, cheapest person you ever met in your life, man. So um, thank you guys for that. Ask ET is always fun, man. As always, uh, just want to take a minute before we close out, E, and you can give the people your nugget for the day. But I want to take a minute to to tell you guys what we're doing in Breathe University. Just had another amazing call. We've changed over our calls to Thursdays and Sundays now because we got the success series on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not going to belabor it. You guys know what it is, but you know, it's a $20 um, fee to get started with us. All kind of new audio going up every day. He just finished speaking at the detention center. Um, just finished speaking at a corporate company. We're putting both of those speeches up, guys. So we can't put everything on YouTube. Everything can't come out, you know, 
on the website. So some of the stuff we do save for, especially for our Breathe University students. So he just did an amazing uh, keynote in Detroit with a financial financial institution talking to them about branding and how to build their business and how to overcome some things. Uh, our keynote, we're putting all that stuff up, guys. And this stuff all comes with your package. You'll be able to hear this stuff, be able to jump on the calls with us, build the community, help us take Breathe University to a whole nother level. We've got some amazing students from all over the world, resources, they're connecting. You guys come out to events, you get the VIP treatment when our conference comes to your area. Well, and wor well worth the investment of $20, the price of a haircut, the price of you know, an expensive sandwich um, per month, man. You could be, you know, a part of the squad and see what we got going on. So breatheuniversity.com. Go check us out. Uh, if you like what we're doing on the podcast, you like what we're doing with the videos, I promise you it's a whole nother level E. Um, and I think they'll be excited to join and we look forward to having them as a part of the family. Yeah, no doubt, C. So, all right, so the nugget for the day, I would say never stop believing in hope, C, because mm. miracles happen every single day. So I just I, I want to say it again, and I want to say it in a way that you understand it, that, that out everywhere, man, all over the world, miracles are happening. I mean, big things. Somebody's going to win that lottery, like for real. Somebody's going to win that eventually, right? So positive stuff. Somebody's getting a college tuition paid for. You know, uh, somebody, um, uh, you know, uh, needed a, a transplant and, you know, something happened where they were able to get a heart transplant or whatever. Like somebody today, something big is about to happen to somebody. They're about to get that big time job they've always wanted. Look, miracles are happening every day, but they only happen to those that still believe in those who still have hope, those who still have faith. So I just want to say, if you don't have faith, if you don't have hope, like if you're not, if you're a negative person and, and you're not a believer, then you have just cut yourself off of all the miracles that could possibly happen. But once you believe, once you have faith, man, you put yourself in a position for any and everything positive to happen in your life. You heard it here first, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. Y'all go out and do what you got to do, man. Be phenomenal and be forgotten. We'll talk to you later. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.